You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, Please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am here. Though you cannot see me if you're on YouTube or Twitch or Twitter. We do broadcast on all three. I am live with Benjamin Chase. This is the Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. You talk. Give me two. I don't know what the hell's going on with my camera. There's Yeah, thanks, Ben. Appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could do that. <clears throat> ben will do all the visual cues for those of you that may be... Uh, you know, hearing impaired. Uh, we don't have captions, but YouTube usually has captions. I don't know how that works. I've been trying to make that happen, but when you're a one-man band, as we essentially are, it's so hard to cover every facet of what you try to do. So we're not trying to leave anybody out. I want that to be very clear. Anyways, Ben, it's you and me. No Phil today. He's uh, he's getting the kids off to bed. Oh, school's starting. You know, it's getting that time of year, I guess. But we're going to talk about Project Birmingham today. And now, I had not heard of Project Birmingham until you brought it up to me in the Discord. This was news to me. But once I dove into it, I got very excited. I thought it was outstanding and fascinating. And I'm really curious about it. So, what the hell is Project Birmingham? And is it a good name? Well, apparently, uh, Chicago White Sox Assistant General Manager Chris Getz thinks it's a good name. He's the one who kind of coined the name. Um, it's... Essentially, what the White Sox are doing is they're kind of taking a page from the pandemic year when a lot of teams basically 
shoved. If they did have a anything going on for their minor league players, it was they shoved them all, all players from all levels at one place and just had them compete against each other. That meant that guys who were A-ball level were competing against guys who were AAA level. And for some of those guys, it really meant that it, it accelerated their eventual move on to the majors. For other guys, it exposed a lot that they needed to work on. Hmm. So there's some good and bad that came out of that situation. Um, One of the things that I really think is interesting about this is it's the White Sox have maybe one of the bottom, for sure one of the bottom 10 systems in all of baseball. You could make, I, I could really? listen to an argument that they have one of the bottom five. Really? I mean, it's. In what have, ways do you mean? What ways? Um, let's just say they, they've done a good job of graduating players here in the last five years. I mean, Luis Robert, you've got um, a number of players, actually. You know, Eloy Jimenez, you've got a number of players on the major league roster. And, you know, Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, guys like that who are young, who came from the farm system, even if they didn't necessarily start out on the White Sox farm system, they graduated from the White Sox system. Hmm. But they were, these guys, what the issue you run into is if you, if you aren't the Dodgers, basically, which that's kind of the one organization that can do it. You graduate a big wave like that, and then your system goes to crap for a while. And if you look at the Brave system right now, look at that team that they have right now with the youth that they have. They are arguably the worst system in all of baseball right now. Wow. But they won a World Series last year because of the youth that they've brought up. Hey, there he is. Hey, it's me. Look at it. Hi. The, hey, guys. Sorry. The, um, uh, those of you listening on the podcast version, I'm here in the yeah, video form you just, now. You just showed up magically. It, it was, Poof. you know, Canadian, Canadian maple syrup magic. Um, but, <laughs> the, uh, but the Braves, you know, and, and they brought up more guys this year, you know, more rookies this year. So, I mean, that system produced a bunch, but now it's pretty darn empty. Hmm. And that doesn't mean that there are no prospects, just that it's very slim. For the Braves, just like the White Sox right now, that means a, probably a lot of the talent you have is coming off of your last couple of drafts. The teams that, you know, the prospects you do have, which means that they're likely in A ball. For the White Sox, they have some really good, intriguing prospects, but they were mostly in A ball. And so this is giving them all a chance to go up to double A, face some double A hitting, or for the pitchers, face some double A hitting of other teams. And that's going to be a very interesting test for this last month of the year. Birmingham is just far enough out of the playoff race to where they're not a real contender. And none of the other teams, none of their A-ball clubs were real contenders. So it's not like they're hurting the playoff chances for any of these teams. I will say probably some of those places like uh, Winston-Salem, they're probably going, well, what the heck? Now what do we have to come to the ballpark to watch? You know, you take away our best. <laughs> the only prospects we had to watch but i mean we're talking they made 17 moves yesterday 
Wow, 17 moves. Damn. 17 transactions. Give me two. And I went I went back and looked. The past 17 moves for Birmingham basically encapsulate the rest of August. You go back to <laughs> August 2nd. They made 19 total other moves in the month of August so far. They wow. they made three moves on the 2nd of August and the last move on the 2nd of August was their 17th move if you go start going backwards. But they also made about five moves on the 22nd to either release some guys or to promote some guys to get ready for this. Mm. They released, I think, three guys and moved a couple of guys up to AAA to get ready for this big thing they were about to do. And so this is a big deal. Um, I mean, you now have basically anyone of any significance in the White Sox system is at Birmingham. So if you really want to scout Birmingham or, uh, White Sox prospects – that's where you go. Um, and their lineup was really kind of fun to watch last night. They they happened to play Mississippi, the Braves team. And, and Mississippi is yeah. competing for the playoffs. And they scored 11 runs. I mean, the, the Birmingham team did. And so, I mean, they... they well, they're up, loaded for bear. <laughs> I was just going to say that. And every one of those prospects that got promoted that played got a hit, at least one. Um and Yelki Cespedes, who's been kind of, oh, he's had his days and had his off days. He went nuts. He went four for five, had a double, a home run, and stole two bases. So, I mean, apparently he really likes having all this talent around him because he kind of finally went nuts. And he's kind of just been there all year. He just has, I mean, he's hit 260. He's got like a 780 ops. I mean, he's really not doing great stuff, but he's not bad either i mean it's just kind of there but well you never was, know who's going to be mostly inspired by a big move like this some people that, will be fired up like oh this is reinvigorating other people might be threatened uh or could be nervous about this situation i would assume most aren't nervous because the ones that are coming up they want to move forward but you know what i mean and i think if somebody uh the the big thing where this broke really was an article on mlb.com from uh, Scott Merkin, who does a lot of the White Sox coverage. Went to um, Michigan, by the way. Go blue. There you go. And and I, it's kind of, there's been a number of other things that have covered this since. Um, but one of the things that I then took a look at, he linked, you know, it's linked on the story with the White Sox top 30 prospect list. And I, I may have miscalculated, but I believe now out of their top 30 prospects, that 19 of them are on the Birmingham roster. Wow. That is a tremendous, yeah, that's a tremendous concentration for one minor league team to have that many of a top 30 prospect list. So, wow. Well, this is exciting. We're talking about project Birmingham. For those of you that are joining us, it's the loose term being thrown around the white Sox organization by Chris Getz. By the way, former Royal, I believe, right? Second baseman, utility Royal guy. Royal, and I don't. He he kind of he was kind of a quad A type of a player, kind of that. Yeah, I mean, forgettable. Not type the of good player, utility, but, like the, yeah. the barely. I'm a utility guy because I really just don't. You know, he wasn't an elite guy by any means. He was uh, not a Ben Zobrist either. He was just a solid player. But the point being here is that oh Jesus. He actually played for the came up with the White Sox. I did not realize. I just looked that up. I'm like, I know he ah. played for other teams, but yeah, Royals he actually started with. But then AL Central guy through and through. Played, he started games with. I should say he came up with the White Sox, started games with 
the Royals and then played his last game, last games of his career with the Blue Jays. He was out of the league at 30. So, mm. I mean, he's still, hey. here's, you want to, you want to feel old? He's 38 and he's the assistant general manager of the White Sox. Wow, that's impressive. That really is impressive. I mean, the game seems to be getting younger and younger and younger with executives. And that's also, by the way, that's purposely done too. And if you've done any of your research on this, you'll know that mm-hmm. they want to pee people less and less and less because they know people always want to be executives or even interns in front offices. They'll pay less and less and people will still clamor for these jobs. There might be a few people that go another way or in a different career. But the brain drain, I would say it'd probably be minimal because there's a lot. Of, I'm not saying that everybody can do this job, but there's enough people, I think, who can crunch numbers. But there's not everybody who can make difficult decisions, who can understand player personalities, uh, chemistry of teams. What what you can't see beyond the data is where the people who are most productive, I think, and most uh, useful and necessary in front offices in Major League Baseball they're the ones who can do that because everybody else can crunch the numbers. So whoever can give you something else besides number crunching will provide that. That's just a little side note, which there was a great article. I think it was last year about MLB front offices and how much money they were trying to cut and just maintain the status quo. I can't remember who it was. I would like to give them credit for that. I I thought that was like a CBS sports article, but I'm just throwing that out. I don't know for sure, but I can't remember for sure. That sounds maybe like it. I'm sure someone can Google it and look into pay raise, pay decline, and just the over. It was about winter meetings, too. I think it was right before the lockout stuff. And a lot of people go down to winter meetings. They try to get jobs. And more than ever, people are just, you know, they're penny pinching, which is what they do. Anyways, uh, also, just for random nonsense sake, the Angels may go on sale. Another team might go on sale here. Artie Moreno has filed possible paperwork. Nothing official, Ben, just possible exploration yeah and you know the one thing you can say about that and and this is going to lead to a point with this project birmingham that a lot of folks aren't talking about but uh the angels have a bad reputation as one of the worst teams as far as treating their minor leaguers um wow as far as pay as far as that's really saying something. <laughs> at spring training, all those sorts of things. So getting a different ownership group in there, maybe they can realize and understand that, hey, if you start at the bottom and you pay right and do things right at the bottom, maybe Mike Trout can, by the time he turns 40, see the playoffs once. You know, that, that might be okay. Um, <laughs> but that is one of the underreported things so far I've seen on this. All of these players coming up for the next month get a bump in pay because double A is an extra hundred dollars a month over A ball or a hundred dollars a week, sorry, over A ball. And so, I mean, that's that's not nothing. I mean, yeah, I mean, for these guys, we know that yeah. we've done the adopted minor leaguer coverage on the yep. show, hundred bucks means a lot. And we're talking about, yeah, these guys may be. Yes, they may be top 30 prospects, but I can tell you one of them, I know for sure, and I'm blanking on which one off the top of my brain right now, one of them is a non-drafted free agent. But he just happens to have turned himself into a top 30 type of prospect. And I can't, like I said, I can't remember which one off the top of my head right now, but 
Still, that's a pretty big deal for that guy to, you know, who didn't have a huge signing bonus coming out of college or, or coming into, you know, out of the draft or it was a big international signing or whatever. And now he's suddenly got, you know, an extra hundred bucks a week. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah. So absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what you want to do. And so, I mean, these are, it's, it's a minimal bump, you know, it's a hundred dollars a week, but it's, you know, when you're earning that little hundred dollars, when you go from $400 a week to $500 a week, I mean, that's quite literally your entire week's worth of groceries is now bought. And so now you can do something else with an, with that grocery money. You know, that's just, that's that much money, extra money in your pocket, which is an incredible thing to think about. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I'm really, really excited to see how this goes. I like when anybody tries something a little bit different. There's so much uh, groupthink that goes on in really all the professional sports when it comes to development of players that I like to see people who have even an iota of, hey, let's try this. Let's maybe go in a different direction. And Jasper says, go Barons. Jasper, for those of you who don't know Jasper, friend of the show, big White Sox fan, just like our uh, main man, Phil, who's not here tonight. I would love to think, I would like to think Phil's pretty excited about this. And uh, hopefully we'll get Phil back on the show next week and he can give us his two cents on Project Birmingham. Because when the White Sox are making moves to improve and go in a different direction, it's because, oddly enough, Ben, of what happened with the pandemic and the 2020 Mm -hmm. Bozo season, which allowed for this off-site. We always heard about off-site. Here's what's going on over here in this site because there was no official minor league season in 2020, and there was a very short 60-game Bozo season at MLB level. So these guys, apparently, the White Sox, they liked what they saw or they liked some of the results they got out of the 2020 on-site, no official minor league season situation and the development of players mixing with players. And this is something that I think a lot of people have brought up, and I've talked about it on this show a lot, but this was more last year I spoke about it. The fact that you had guys mixing with different guys from all different levels. They were playing games, less scrimmages and full-on real games were being played, and guys were from multiple levels in these games. And that could really accelerate the track or the speed with which some of these players develop. Some of them like, oh, wow, I really, this pitching is so much tougher than what I was facing before. This is one step closer to MLB pitching. I like it. I'm, I'm going to work on this, and I'm going to improve it. There's players who took jumps because of this. One of those guys that you heard about after 2020 for the first time, you know, those who were kind of plugged in minor leagues and stuff like that, was Lennon Sosa of the White Sox. And then oh. he comes out and he has the year that he did in 2021. And all of a sudden everyone's like, Hey, Hey, he's, here's a sleeper. Woohoo. And then, you know, now he's in the majors, you know, he's yep. just, he's kind of gone, gone from unknown before the 2020 season to a major leaguer now in 2022. And a lot of it, you, it little whispers, you started to hear about, Hey, this kid was an a ball really off the radar guy. And he's, tearing up our double a and triple a guys in this you know offsite like we're who is this kid like what what can he do is he is he this kind of a player all the time or what's and so he ended up just jumping up the the minor league system last year and 
you know, I do think it also allows them to try some different things that they haven't really done yet this year. Uh, we'd had the, I was on with you guys in the spring when I was still a guest. Um, mm. when, and we talked about the White Sox uh, system. We did. And we mentioned Brian Ramos. And one of the things mm. I talked about him is, you know, his build, his he's got good hands, but he's not that rangy of a guy. But he's the type of guy that I think would actually work fairly well as a passable defensive second baseman. But not the type of arm you really want to have at third. But they he's been a third baseman along the way. And he has played every game this season at third base. Guess what position he played last night? Hmm. Third base? Second base. <laughs> because now that they have all of these guys in in this one spot, because their system, one thing that the White Sox system has is a whole lot of short or a whole lot of third baseman types. And so West Cath is probably the most natural third baseman of their group. He played third, and they put uh they moved Ramos over to second. Yeah. And you know, Ramos, I think, had three hits. He he definitely hit. That wasn't the, ever gonna be the issue. Um but, wow, dude. Yeah, and, and a home run too. He he ended up popping a home run out of the deal too. And so nice job. I mean, he had a Way really go, nice debut. And I mean, like I said, you know, Colson Montgomery comes up. He's you know, he was a, a high school draft pick last year. And he's already up in double A. And they've got him playing short. And I talked about how I thought he was very similar to Vaughn Grissom. Like the type of guy who's got the build and like maybe isn't a long-term shortstop with his build. But for right now, he works there. And let's develop the bat. Let's see what else goes on because he handles short. He's, He's a natural infielder for sure. Just not sure if he's going to end up at third, or maybe they might have to move him into the outfield. He's a heck of an athlete. We aren't going to worry about the, you know, the kid's a dang good athlete. He was a hell of a basketball player in high school. Um, he's he's an athlete. This is third athlete. level, third level this year. He started at yeah. low A, high A, now double A. And and he he went one for five, but still he got a hit. Like I said, he was a high school kid last year. He got a hit in a double A game. Yeah, this year, you know, that's just it's kind of insane to consider, you know, these guys and they're playing against a team that's competing for a playoff spot. Right. And they got, you know, they ended up winning a big ball game like that. So, I mean, they've got a pretty stacked roster now as far as overall prospects. It'll be interesting to watch how this goes on the rest of the season. And yeah, you know, the one thing please. to watch, they did do some of these promotions ahead of this. Uh, Matthew Thompson, one of their big arms. Oh, we talked up. about Matthew Thompson a couple yeah. episodes ago. Uh, he came up uh, about a week or two week, a week or 10 days ago or so, was promoted to Birmingham. I think he's just made one start so far at the level. Did you know that we sold out and we now have advertisements? Yeah, we've gone mainstream. We're getting $6. That's right. We've made six bucks so far. Can you believe it? What a dream come true, $6. 
Anyways, I wanted to give you some preparation, some time to be cognizant that a commercial is coming your way. I'm not just going to throw a commercial mid-sentence on you. I wouldn't do that. I respect you, and I know that's annoying. So here's a countdown for the upcoming advertisement from Starbucks or Spectrum, Comcast, Apple, who the hell knows. Three, a two, one. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And in this promotional stuff, they brought up Jared Kelly, who is a huge arm and still hasn't really figured out what home plate looks like. But he can throw <laughs> 100 miles in that general direction, you know. But, um, but Norge Vera, who was their big uh, Cuban signee that's a pitching prospect, and then Andrew Dahlquist, who is everyone thought he and Matthew Thompson were kind of the similar guy and... Matthew Thompson's figured out what home plate is, and Dahlquist is still working on that idea. Um, similar, <laughs> like big arm Texas kids that just both need to, you know, both needed to figure out how to get the ball over the plate, and Thompson has, and not so much with Dahlquist. But yeah, that's him. That's going to be a fun team. I mean, both on the mound at the plate, that's going to be a fun team to watch the rest of the year. And it will, you know, that's. Anyone who likes minor league baseball should like this type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, as a Braves fan, if the Braves decided, well, I mean, frankly, right now, the Gwinnett pitching staff almost has all of the top Braves pitching prospects that are still left in the minors. You know, you you can watch Jared Schuster and Bryce Elder and, you know, basically anyone who's still on the radar right now outside of this year's draft picks is in triple a that's kind of fun as a Braves fan you just sit it is if you would go and watch a a three-game series you're going to watch some of the top pitching prospects in the brave system that's really neat yep you know that's what you want to be able to do as a fan of the club so wow i think that's neat but i don't know if this is the future of anything or just a one-off. I mean, there are copycats out there, and if something goes well here, if they... This is something I think you can't quantify or rate or make any determination on for a while because you'll want to see what does the development look like for these players that are double-A Birmingham now that have been brought up by the White Sox. How fast do they get to the majors? Do they get to the majors? Uh, do they get to triple-A sooner than later? Did it help? Did it make a difference? And the only way, and this is why... The classic bit about draft grades, they're so stupid right after a draft. Most pointless thing on earth, which it is. It's true because player development takes time, especially in baseball, more than any other sport. It takes literal years, and you can't just – you do a grade on a draft three years later minimum, and then you see where you are because you have the results. And if this works out, 
people will copycat it and there will be more of it. Now, like you said, it does come at the expense of the lower, you know, team, the single A team, which is, you know, I, I feel for them. That sucks because you're right. You don't get to see their guys. Uh, but, you know, frankly, minor league baseball has already been bitch slapped. It's already been minimized and yep. pushed to the side with the, the the removal of many leagues and teams and affiliations and the reduction of size. So it's just going to get harder and harder. I think we're going to see more stuff like this where there's less and less consideration for the low-end single-A teams. I, I honestly feel that we might not be that far off. If there's going to be complex league that stays true, where we just go from complex to double A in five years, I, I, that might happen. I'm not, I don't want it to happen, but yeah. it might. No, I, and you're not wrong in that I know part of what they originally wanted to do was to eliminate, to make it A, double A, triple A. We still have two A ball levels. So, I mean, there's already 30 more teams than they wanted to have. Yeah. You know, so that's, but, part of that negotiation was, well, then we can have more complex leagues and we're going to spend more money on our complex. And Major League Baseball wasn't exactly thrilled about that idea. And then also, right now, Major League Baseball's in court because of some of the places where they took minor league baseball away. Mm-hmm. They're being sued because there was they breached contract. Um, so there's some big issues there already. That's uh, right. But don't I really don't that. think this is a possibility outside of it being essentially the last month of the season. Yeah. I mean, really, it's a month and a week or a month and two weeks of double-A time for all these guys. They're getting, you know, roughly five to six weeks of double-A time. The season's over at the end of September. So these guys are getting, you know, that amount of time, which is, that's really important time. But yeah. I can't imagine a team doing this for the whole season. I don't exactly. see a club putting all their guys at double A for the whole year. That wouldn't make sense. But absolutely. Plugging everybody into triple A for the last go around, like, hey, we see that our teams aren't really going to have a shot, you know, are, aren't going to make the playoffs. So let's just load up one team with a whole lot of prospects at the upper levels to give them all some exposure and give them all some chance to really learn. You know, that's really, you're going to head out there. That's what Arizona fall league is. You know, this is really a team developed Arizona fall league. Oh, that's a great comp. I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Jasper says Montgomery, I'm drafting everywhere this off season. Okay. If you can get him, um, there's a lot of places he's already gone. If, if you're in a league where you can get him, jump on him because he's he's rocketed up to i think P- pipeline is still the low one on him at like 60 mm-hmm. i think um ba has him already up to like 35 or like mid 30s and got great and, play discipline that's a good base yeah lo, you know long and Hayen has said that their adjustment will be significantly higher for him when they adjust at the end of the season because ah. I think they might have him at 80, but he said that that's, that was before he had a good look at him. And he said that that's, <laughs> he's going to be moving up significantly. So yeah, get him soon. <laughs> because yeah. he, as soon as those lists come out, he's going to be going real high. Probably 
Chasey. That's right. Yeah. Uh, me and Benjamin Chase here live on the Plausible Podcast, Prospects Power Half Hour. We're about to wrap up the show. I wanted to ask one thing because we covered Project Birmingham in detail here. The ins and outs of it, the complications, the consequences. I think it's pretty clear. But I wanted to really quickly ask you about a guy that I don't think we talked a lot about when we did our AL Central Prospects preview early this year for the Tigers. The Tigers, everyone thinks about Riley Green and Torkelson and some of their pitchers. But uh, uh, Kerry Carpenter was a guy who put up big, big numbers in AAA. And now he's at the major league level and he's shown a bit of flash. He's a product out of Virginia Tech. So Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering real quickly, could you uh, give me your thoughts on Kerry Carpenter of the Tigers? I admit I'm a local, but I think it's relevant too because his stats were big time. You know, and Christian and I have had a few chats on the Patreon, so if, or, or on the uh, on the Discord. So you yeah, know, if folks want to get on the Discord. There, you know, there's been some good discussion because uh, Christians have got some uh, more in depth experience covering him with the Tiger system. But uh, he does Christian Crespo. Follow him on yeah. Twitter, by the way. Great follow, Sorry. Christian yes, but, Crespo twenty six off the top of my head. Just type but, it in, you'll find him. He uh, he and I had very similar. Uh, takes on Kerry coming into the year, but he was, he's a guy who had a really nice line drive swing and a lot of OBP type of press, like coming out of college that you thought this guy's very likely a major league hitter. Not sure where he would play, but he's the type of guy that would fit a bench gonna help your team out type of role. And then he adjusted his swing and oh. all of a sudden he was just launching stuff. Now is that it's kind of a grooved swing and he has definitely had some ups and downs with that. Even in the minors this year where he's gone through some long streaks where he just doesn't even get a single, let alone home runs. Um, but I mean, <laughs> he's still, yeah, 28% K rate at double A in 262 yeah. plate appearances. So, I mean, there, it's significantly more than, you know, but he's still taking walks. Um, and boy, he can, you know, when he does tag one, he tags one. Um, yeah. But it's a matter of major league pitchers pretty quickly figure out what your hole is. And you've <laughs> got to be able to adjust to that. And, I mean, he came up and for a week had like a 900 OPS. Well, this is week number two. And <laughs> I think <laughs> I think he's yet to get a hit the last week. Um, so yeah. he just kind of quickly went, oh, like big league pitching is tough. Um, and big league pitching <laughs> went, hey, this guy can hit a fastball. Let's throw him other things. Um, and <laughs> he's struggled yep. a bit with that. And he hasn't had a hit since August 16th. Yeah. Yep. And that's so literally he hasn't had a hit in a week. I, I was just making a joke, but yeah, that's actually you nailed it. True. But I don't know if he started today, but as of coming into today, yes. So he's I I I liked the swing this year when the couple of times I looked at it, I thought, you know, if he can stay on it, he's got the type of power that he could potentially be something but it's gonna be a a 
low average, some, you know, high strikeout, sometimes you get 20 bombs type of a player. And I mean, where the Tigers are right now, that's a guy that probably plays. But yeah. a couple of years down the road, you're kind of hoping that guy doesn't make your team. You know, you're kind of uh, hoping Kristen that you Stewart. Don't have <laughs> roster for that. You know, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's really, that's a guy you just, you're hoping that you just don't have room for here in a couple of years. But, well, who the hell knows? This team is jacked up in Detroit, but hey, you know what? <laughs> At least the season's almost over. And so on the I, flip I side, I did hear that, a really interesting rumor this week. And, and then, ooh. then Buster only went and talked about it, or, well, it was on his podcast, but, um, so there's some discussion from a few different folks that say Hinch is going to have a significant say in who is, becomes the GM because he wants to stay. And they're mm. saying, look at who he's worked with. And one of the names no that brought up was Josh Burns. Oh, Josh Burns. Okay. Thought, oh, well, that's an interesting one. It, it, and then, of course, I got that, and I was like, "Ooh, well, I'm I'm sitting on something really interesting." Well, then Buster only, you know, it was brought up on the Baseball Tonight podcast. So I guess it's, I'm not really sitting <laughs> on anything anymore. But um, they just speculated on that. But somebody brought that up that Hinch is apparently going to have some word in on who uh, gets to be GM because he apparently gets to be the manager. And the GM gets stuck with the manager. That seems like a not <laughs> ideal situation, but uh, well, know. nothing's ideal here. It's the Detroit Tigers. Chris Illich is a joke. He's a total fraud. <laughs> he he lied, bold-faced liar. Truthfully, he really is. Just check the tape. You know, he said that the GM made those trades, not him. He said that verbatim. When he fired Al Avila, it was a total lie. Do you really think that Al Avila wanted to make some of those trades of players that were much more valuable? But since he was forced to trade players like J.D. Martinez or Justin Verlander at specific moments in time, if you have to do them under a timeline, it limits your ability to get a decent mm -hmm. return. And now I don't think Al Avila is an elite superstar general manager, but he's a lifelong baseball guy. He knows this game. And he's definitely a competent dude. So Avila got a lot of shit, and probably I, I went a little too far with it because I always want people to know that Chris Illich is the problem. It's him. He's the mandator. He was one of the four owners who rejected that deal right before the lockout was trying to wrap up where it would raise the salary, uh, the luxury tax, I think, right? It would go higher so people could spend more money. Teams could spend more. He was one of the four owners who objected to that. So... That says everything you need to know about that. Put yeah. it all together, and you're looking at a guy. He's a he's become. I mean, I'm not saying he's at Cleveland Guardians level of ownership, but it's not far off anymore. So, yeah, he's he's kind of hit his way into the. What is it with with the Ohio Michigan owners here? You know, the Cincinnati <laughs> Reds, the Cleveland Guardians, the Detroit Tigers. What do you guys? It's a got great going place for Griff, man. Owners. It's what but beyond that, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know what? <laughs> Unfortunately, us kind Rust Belt Midwesterners, we have been exploited by corrupt politicians and local governance for decades. <laughs> and the same people come right in in ownership of sports teams. That all they all mix in the same circles because 
They take advantage of the tax base. We are all yeah. so kind and hardworking, and we don't ask enough questions. We don't get together enough on the page that we should all be on and say, wait a minute, we're all getting screwed here. Not, not look at some of this divisive stuff that social media creates as well. And unfortunately, that does happen. So, you know, I could do a whole diatribe about that. In fact, that would make a really good show just talking about how the Midwest is just a place where a lot of people come into these towns, big cities, and they take advantage of the tax base. And exactly. they've been doing we, it for a long time. don't want to get into time. the Lions and the Browns either because, I mean, that's a whole exactly. thing. So. Yeah. The Ford family? Ford family was a Hall of Fame. I mean, they still own the team. They're Hall of Famers in terms of their ineptitude. It's the Lions. One playoff win in 60 years. 60 years. That's really hard to do. All right, I got to go. Show's <laughs> over. We got to move on. Uh, really interesting stuff. I hope you enjoyed this little diatribe at the end. But don't forget that you need to follow Ben on Twitter at Big Gentle Ben. Uh, you could read his piece. You just did another piece about every, if I get this right, every yeah. playoff race in minor league baseball. Is that correct? My my usual weekly piece this year or this week, I decided to focus on every single uh, every single playoff race in the minor leagues because complex leagues start their my, their playoffs this week. So I figured this oh. was a good time to just kind of focus on where every other league sets. And so the, <laughs> every other every other league now has uh, at least been highlighted. And I guess if anyone wants to follow them, they have a spot to start from, I guess, from, uh, you know, if you go look that up. So, okay. Hey, amateurvideoscout.com. Video I baseball right? scout. Damn it! <laughs> so close. That one in uh, Internet Baseball Writers Association of America. I can say it fully, but I can't do the acronym. It's a tough <laughs> acronym for me. I don't know why. Either way, follow Ben on Twitter. And yes, the Discord's free at the Plaza Podcast Twitter handle. You go to the top of our feed, two L's, two Z's, Plaza Podcast. Give me two. And you'll see the Discord link. You can join it for free. And we're still talking baseball. We actually, we did. We opened up a football channel, too. So we got a couple of football channels. It's kind of like, you know, the same people who play baseball. A lot of them are playing fantasy football, too. Baseball is still the focus, but there's also that. So if you want to get some great information from a lot of people who, I'll tell you, there's a lot of guys, football is heavily about, in fact, football's bread and butter is really gambling and betting. It's all about that, more than any other sport, in my opinion. And we have some guys who are really, uh, they're not advertising like their tout services or anything, but guys like Thud, shout out to Thud. Uh, he knows a lot about this stuff. He's a math wizard, math guru. So uh, if you want to get some free advice, pop in the Palazzo Discord. You can talk to Ben about prospects of the upcoming minor league playoffs and keep track of this Birmingham project and see if it's something that, uh, you know, elicits some decent results here. So it's all available at Palazzo Podcast Discord. I'm at MJ Govier. He's Ben. Phil's out there, too. Please follow Phil of Sports on Twitter, P-H-I-L. Phil Goyette's a good man and thorough. I think that does it, Ben. Yeah. Bye! The power of prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects. 
What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.